I want to read from the book of John chapter 11 beginning with verse number 33. John 11 and 33. Scripture says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. That last verse talks about the stone, and it talks about Mary stating that Lazarus by that time would be stinking. Amen. Because he had been dead for four days. So I want to preach a few minutes on this thought, the stink behind the stone. Praise God. The stink behind the stone. And everybody shout amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> I am convinced by the word of the Lord that God orchestrates the events of our lives in order to prove himself to us. Now we all hear the verse quite often from Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. He is not saying that everything is good that happens to us, but he says all things work together for good. And I am absolutely convinced that at some point all of us have to have enough faith and confidence in God that no matter what is happening to us it's going to be to our good I may not like the present pain I may not like the present problem but I do know eventually I will be able to look back and see that it was at that point that God was orchestrating some things to my benefit Anybody happy about that knowledge today? Amen. In this particular story, John 11, Jesus said to his disciples after that they had conversed about Lazarus' sickness and Jesus being called back to Bethany, finally Jesus says to his disciples, Lazarus is dead and I am glad. That seems to be somewhat of a plain and blunt statement, an uncomfortable statement. But what he went on to say was, he's dead and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. And so he made it clear that he was actually happy that he was not there to heal Lazarus. And he was not there to change the situation because God had a greater plan in mind. God had something else that he intended to accomplish in this situation. Too often, so many of us think that God is not working things out the way we think he should be working them out. However, I believe it is important that we never forget that God is doing all things for his own glory and that he is eventually going to prove himself to us. Amen. What they wanted was a healing, but what Jesus wanted was a resurrection. And sometimes what we have to understand is that the thing that we want God to do, he might be wanting to do something far greater than what we had in mind. 
They wanted Jesus to, Jesus to heal Lazarus, but Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead. I feel like in the Holy Ghost today that there's some things that God wants to do in this house. If you will turn loose of what you want him to do and say, Jesus, you do what you want to do. You handle this the way you want to handle it. You deal with it the way you want to deal with it. Somebody clap your hands and give him some praise. And so Lazarus is dead. He is in the grave. The next thing that we will notice is that when Jesus comes to where Lazarus has been laid, that he commands them to take away the stone. So there is an obstacle in the way of the miracle. There is an obstacle in the way of the resurrection and it has to be moved by the people. There are things, in fact, I think I could easily declare that it doesn't matter what the situation is, God is able to do anything. God is able to move any obstacle, move any stone out of the way. But every now and then, God is looking at us saying, do you really want that resurrection? Do you really want that miracle? And if you want it, you gotta get the stone out of the way. Come on, I feel like preaching here today. Is anybody gonna help this preacher this morning? How desperate are we for God to work? Are we willing to move the stone in order to make way for the miracle? Because there's some things that stand in the way of God working in our life that God is not going to move them. You are the one that has to roll the stone away. You are the one that has to get the, the, the obstacle out of God's way so he can get to where he wants to work the miracle. I find in the book of Job that the devil challenged God and said, you built a hedge around his wealth. He later came back and said, you built a hedge around his health. And if you'll move that, then I'll get to him and that man will curse you. Well, I wanna tell you, friend, that God built the hedges. God had a right to tear it down. Any hedge, any wall, any obstacle, anything that God builds in your life, he has a right to destroy that. He has a right to take that down. But when you build a wall like Job did, the Bible said that he retained his integrity with God. In the swirl of everything going on in his life, he maintained an integrity. He had built a wall around his relationship with God that God was not gonna touch, that God was not going to remove. It came to the point where that you have to understand that whatever you build in your life, God has to be the one to let you move that out of the way. Praise the Lord. You build a wall between you and the pulpit, you gotta move that out of the way. You build a wall between you and the word of God, you have to move that out of the way. You build a wall between you and your pastor, you've got to move that out of the way. You build a wall between you and God, you've got to get that out of the way. Come on. God doesn't tear down walls that you build. He doesn't destroy obstacles that you put in the way. And when you roll a stone over the face of the cave to hide something that you don't want exposed. My, my, my. Woo, hallelujah. Lord, I'm feeling some Holy Ghost in this house. You build a wall, God has to wait on you to tear it down. He's not gonna tear that wall down for you. But I want you to notice something in this story. When Jesus said, roll ye away the stone, the idea of removing that stone also revealed another obstacle that stood in the way. 
Because it wasn't just a physical stone that was the problem. You're going to notice that Martha was really concerned about something. She runs to that grave, to that stone. I can see her as she puts her hand on that stone and says, please don't do that. Don't roll this stone away. There's, there's a problem here. He's been dead for four days. And by now he stinks. Now, that may not look like a major issue. That may look like some very, very personal concern on her part. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that. I think there's two things here that, that we can see from the scripture. And I'm not trying to create something out of nothing. But because you know human nature and because you can read enough evidence in scripture, it kind of gives you an idea as to why she really didn't want that stone rolled away. First of all, in John 11 and 19, same chapter, the Bible said many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And so what we have here is a large number of people that are there comforting these sisters, comforting Martha, comforting Mary, and, and, and being there to show her a great measure of attention. I'm asking the question today, is it possible that Martha was so enjoying the comfort of the mourners that she really didn't want that to stop? Now let me just pause long enough to tell you that we got a lot of people with stuff behind the stone. We got a lot of people living with things that are covered up. My God, I feel Holy Ghost. We got people living with the stench behind the stone, but they're enjoying all of the sympathy and they're enjoying all the attention that people might be giving them because of what they're going through. And Jesus is saying, listen, I don't care what it smells like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what we've got to do if you'll get that stone out of the way. I don't want my healing because I'll lose my disability. Preach on, Brother Bass, hallelujah. I don't want my problems straightened out because then all these folks that are feeling sorry for me are not gonna feel sorry for me any longer. I'm enjoying all this attention. I'm enjoying everybody patting me on the back saying everything is gonna be all right. As long as I got a problem that they know I've got, it, it may not be fully exposed to them, but they know I'm struggling. And so I'd rather have the comfort of the struggle than I would to have the resurrection brought back to life. Come on, all I can do is preach what the Holy Ghost sent me here to preach. I'm going somewhere, so stay with me just a few more minutes. Here she is, that she is now in a situation where she has to make a decision. And so beyond the fact that she wanted them to continue comforting her, I also believe that she was more concerned about the effect that the stink behind the stone would have on the spectators, would have on all the people that had gathered. She wasn't concerned about herself. She wasn't so much concerned about how it affected her, but how was it going to affect everybody else? You see, here's the thing that every one of us need to realize, and that is that there are people that are simply spectators to our world, spectators to our life, spectators to our problem, spectators to our trouble. And what we have to come to a realization is that we've got to quit worrying about how our problem affects the spectators. Because if you're not careful, the spectators of your life will cheat you out of a miracle. They'll cheat you out of God working in your life. They'll cheat you out of a resurrection. (laughs) 
Amen. You get worried about too many people and you'll find yourself stymied, paralyzed, not getting any further than where you are right now. Mm, hallelujah. We got too many people living with the stink behind the stone because they're too worried about everybody else. Hallelujah. hallelujah. They, 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 they've got the stink. Oh, help me, Jesus. They got the stink of a porn, pornography addiction. They've got the stink of a dysfunctional house. They've got the stink, oh, glory to God, of an alcoholic addiction. They've got the stink of a drug addiction and it's hid behind the stone. And there are too many that are worried. If I roll this stone away, what's it gonna do to everybody around me? How's it gonna affect everybody around me? You gotta come to a point where you say, I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what my coworkers think. I can't hear you, FPC. Amen. I don't care what my church family thinks. I gotta have a resurrection. Woo, hallelujah. I can't live with the stink behind the stone any longer. I can't live with all this that I'm struggling with. I need the Lord to lay his hand on my life. Oh, but what's, what's everybody gonna think? Who cares what they think? Who cares when you know that your answer is letting Jesus get beyond the stone? Come on, let's praise him, hallelujah. Let me, read, let me read you a verse in the book of Acts, 12 and 11. This is when Herod had put James in prison and had killed him with the sword and has now taken Simon Peter because it pleased the Jews and put him in prison, intending after Easter to bring him out before the people and probably do the same thing to him that he did to James. And in the nighttime, the angel of the Lord comes along, wakes him up, marches him through that jailhouse, outside the jailhouse, through the streets, open up the gate to the city, and here's a man that's been delivered. And in chapter 12 of verse 11, here's what it says. And Peter, when Peter was come to himself, he said, no, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. He not only has delivered me out of the hand of Herod, my enemy, the one that wants to kill me, the one that wants to destroy my life because the Bible teaches us in the book of John that the enemy comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Thank God for the day that he delivered you out of the hand of the devil. Thank God for the day that the Lord, oh hallelujah, thank anybody happy for the day that Jesus took you out of the hand of Satan, took you out of the hand of hell, saved you from a world of sin, cleaned you up from a life of immorality. Anybody happy? It's one thing to be delivered from the devil. It's one thing to be delivered from Herod. It's another thing to get delivered from the expectation of the people. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, I've seen people set free from the pits of hell and the, and the grip of hell only to get bound by other people around them. Yeah. 
the expectation of the Jews. What was the expectation of the Jews? The expectation of the Jews was that Peter is going to suffer the same fate that James suffered. That he's gonna be killed. That's the expectation that the man is not gonna live. <laughs> Hallelujah, yeah. So you got the Holy Ghost. So you got baptized in Jesus' name. So you came down here to First Pentecostal Church and you found some hope and you went down in that baptistry and your sins were washed away. But now you've got your family saying, that ain't gonna last long. You got friends saying, we'll see how long that lasts. We got, come on, you got coworkers looking at you saying, CC, you gotta reach a point where you get delivered, not just from the devil, but delivered from, you need to look at the world. You need to look at everybody around you and say, I got news for you. In a year, I'll still be here. In five years, I'll still be here. In 10 years, I'll still be living for God. I, I hesitate. There's some things I really hesitate, but I felt something in the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. I felt before I ever I got to this service, I felt like the Holy Ghost wanted me to tell Pastor Holmes, quit worrying about the expectation of people. Amen. Get your mind off the expectation of people. I got no doubt that two or three years ago when the bishop said he's the pastor now, that there were those that said, well, we'll see how long he can handle this situation. I got news for you, friend. Two years later and over 300 baptized in Jesus' name, that ought to tell you something. naysayers. Forget about the negative people. Forget about the folks. Come on. That... You didn't let this man be the man God called him to be. You didn't let the man, this man be the kind of pastor that God called him to be. Quit putting expectations on him that are not necessary. Just make up your mind. We're going to have revival. We're going to see a Holy Ghost breakthrough. We're going to continue to see God do mighty things. I can't hear you. Come on, come on, First Pentecostal Church. It's time to get the stone out of the way so Jesus can take care of the stink. Hallelujah. I said, get the stone out of the way so Jesus can handle the stink. He knows how to evaporate it. He knows how to bring cleansing, to bring a purification. I'm telling you, I didn't say that of myself. I'm, I rarely say anything of that nature, but I felt it in the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, church. Because this man is following a legacy. He's following a long line of apostolic giants. Come on. I feel a liberty here today for, for two reasons. Number one, in a few days I'll be 70 years old. And number two, I've been preaching at North Little Rock since 1971, you calculate that. 53 years I've been coming here preaching. I feel like that I feel a little bit in the Holy Ghost, what God is trying to do in this place. And you've got to understand, it goes from generation to generation. God calls another generation to follow the one previous to them. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
A man, a pastor, a preacher, saints, it doesn't matter. Musicians, singers, it doesn't matter who it is. You can get caught in a situation where that you are trying to live up to the expectation of the people. Get off of that. I said get off of that. Quit trying to live up to the expectation of the apostolic movement around America and live up to God's expectation. Live up to what Jesus wants to do. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Get deliverance. We need deliverance from people. Huh? Well, I'd run right now, but if I ran, so-and-so would make fun of me. Your problem is you're bound by people. You've been baptized in Jesus' name and you got the Holy Ghost, but you're letting people control your worship. You're letting people control your praise. You're... Well, hallelujah. Well, I'd get up and leap for joy right now. I feel something all over me. I wish I could just do something. Well, just do it and quit worrying about everybody around you. Quit worrying about friends and family and church and everybody else. Just do it. Just do it. that can barely walk but he's marching we got another lady that's been fighting a, a years long battle with cancer she's walking I want to ask everybody a question when are we going to get loosed when are we going to get so delivered that we don't care we don't care when I go come to church and act all pious when I go come to church and act all together Huh? Martha is saying, no, 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 no. Leave the stone in place. Leave the stone in place. There's too much stink behind the stone. He says, there's folks here today living, you've got, you've got bitterness hung, uh, hid behind the stone. You've got anger hid behind the stone. You've got, help me Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got grudges hid behind the stone. You got all stuff, and it stinks. You hear me? It stinks. I, I, I'm going to use a southern vernacular. It stinks to high heaven. Hallelujah. You got to let us get the stone out of the way. You got to let Jesus to that problem. You got to let Jesus touch that bitterness. You got to let Jesus touch that anger. You got to let Jesus help you with that grudge. Let, let, me, let me show you something. I got to hurry. Hey man, sit down. Let me show you something. By virtue of the fact that Mary remained silent and by virtue of the fact we have other instances in scripture to prove this. It appears that Mary did not join with Martha regarding the spectators. Mary was not concerned and had never been concerned about the expectations of people when it came to her love for Jesus. She's in the house in Luke 10 and Martha's serving, Martha's working, Martha's laboring. Where's Mary? She's sitting at his feet. And even when Martha said, won't you make my sister get up? and help me with all this work that I'm doing. Mary just sat there at the feet. She don't, she don't care what family says. Family didn't stop her. You gotta come to a point where you make your mind up, I'm living for God if my wife doesn't live for God. I'm living for God if my husband doesn't live for God. I'm living for God if my children don't live for God. I'm living for God if my parents don't live for God. If you're looking for me, come to church on Sunday morning and you'll find me at his feet. If you're looking for me on Sunday night, come to FPC and you're gonna find me at his feet. 
Now, we also note in John 12 that Mary took, this same Mary, took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And the critic, the critic said, why was not this sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? It wasn't because he had any love for the poor. It's because he had a thief and bore the bag, bore what was therein. He carried the bag. He, he was the treasurer of the group. Listen, I don't care who the critic is if they are, help me Jesus, hallelujah. I don't care if they hold a position, if they hold an office, if they if somehow or another you feel like that they, you gotta come to a point where you say, no, no, no. You have to recognize I'm at his feet and I'm gonna anoint his feet. I'm gonna wipe it with my hair. I'm gonna fill the house with the odor of this ointment. Now, I noticed something here just a day or two ago. Cause this, this, this that I'm preaching here, I'm not, I don't even have this thing worked out the way I really want to work it out because all this is fresh and new for me, what I'm preaching right now here today because I felt like this is what God wanted me to do is preach it here at First Pentecostal Church. Somebody shout amen. amen. This one here, come on now, this one ain't 10 years old and been wore out all over the country. It's right here, it's fresh this morning. Hallelujah, come on. There are parenthetical statements in scripture that are not in the original. They're put there by the translators of the Bible to further explain, to help you understand more so about what's being said. They felt like an additional explanation would be helpful. We have one of those parenthetical statements in John 11 and two, because it says here, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. It was that Mary that did this. It was that Mary that anointed his feet. It was that Mary that wiped his feet with her hair. The, 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 the translators felt that it was important that we record who this Mary was. That we record the one that, that, that is having this issue, that's having this problem. It's that Mary that anointed his feet. Oh, hallelujah. You see, they, they had to make it clear who it was that stepped into the house. We don't know who else was there. We don't know the names of everybody that was there. We know very little about the crowd. We know Jesus was there. We know Judas was there. We know Simon the leper was there. But we don't know about anybody else. But what we do know is that there's a record of one person in that crowd that said, I'm gonna do something for Jesus. And I don't care what the critics say. And I don't care what the crowd says. It... Come on. It makes me wonder what's gonna be said this afternoon. Amen, in the cars going home. When they say it was that Johnny that ran to the altar. It was that Mary that ran to the altar. It was that... Come on, you just gonna be one of the crowd that shows up or is it gonna be recorded from this service this morning that it was you that worshiped him with all of your heart. It was you that made up your mind you're gonna give everything to Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mary didn't let anybody stop her. So consequently, when it came time to roll the stone away, she didn't care about the stink. She didn't care what it smelled like. She didn't care what, how it affected everybody else. Amen. I am convinced that pride will send more people to hell than alcohol, than drug addiction, than immorality. Come on. I said pride's gonna send more folks to hell because they're worried about what everybody else is thinking. They're worried about what everybody else is saying. 
when you ought to be thinking and you ought to be declaring, I'm not really worried about what everybody else is thinking. I got to get the stone out of the way so Jesus can get to the stink of my life. Woo, hallelujah. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what your life has been. I don't care how impure, how ungodly, how immoral you've been. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you'll just let Jesus at your life, if you'll roll that stone back and let Jesus get to where you are, if you'll let Jesus speak a word into your grave, Amen. Some of us just want a healing. Take the pain away. But Jesus is saying, I want to give you a resurrection. I want to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, huh? Four men, were, uh, one, one, four men brought one man sick of the palsy, a man that was lame to Jesus. They tore the roof back. They led him down to where Jesus was. When they got him in the presence of Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, your sins be forgiven you. And they're looking at one another saying, that's not why we brought him here. He's sick of the palsy. We want him to be healed. Why is he forgiven sins? Because it's very simple. Jesus always wants to do more than what you want him to do. You want to hear the healing, but he wants to give you the miracle of salvation. You may be wanting the Lord to put your marriage back together this morning. He may be saying, I want to give you the Holy Ghost. I'm done. Let's stand. I'm not done, but I'm going to quit. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you that the stink that's in your life, whatever it might be, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you, whatever has developed in your heart, in your spirit, in your life, that has caused you to want to hide some things so nobody else knows anything about it. And the reason you don't want anybody to know anything about it is because you're afraid of the effect it's going to have on everybody. And then sometimes you kind of enjoy all the comfort and the sympathy. Hallelujah. You'd rather somebody give you sympathy because your husband left than for Jesus to give you the Holy Ghost and restore your marriage back together again. I'm just preaching what I feel in the Holy Ghost here today. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just an old man and I'm plunked sometimes. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is waiting on you to move the stone away. Hallelujah. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, all the stink was gone. And when he come rumbling out of that grave, they, Jesus said, all right, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. He was bound with grave clothes. So we got stuff behind the stone, but we also got it all wrapped up in grave clothes. They had to do something before the miracle and they had to do something after the miracle. Woo! Come on. You gotta, you gotta roll the stone away and then when he looses, when he resurrects, you gotta loose it and let it go. You gotta have, you gotta say, come on, it's time now to live. It's time to live. There's some folks in this house here today. It's time for you to live. It's time for you to get out of your grave. It's time for you to be resurrected. If you're in this house and you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're in this house and you've got stuff hid behind the stone, you need to run to this altar. You need to make your way down here and say, I don't care what it is. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what their, I don't care what their feelings are. I'm going to the altar because I've got some stuff I'm dealing with. I've got some things in my spirit I'm dealing with. And I've got to have a, a, not just a healing, I want a resurrection. I want a miracle. I want him to turn some things loose in my life. I want my world to be different than what it's ever been. Come on, come on in closer. There's other people behind you. God's here to do a mighty work. I believe there's some folks that are going to get rid of some stink here today. You're going to get rid of the stench of some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to see the Holy Ghost work a great work. 
if everything's all right in your life find you somebody up here you know is struggling and pray with them find you somebody that's working through some situations of life pray with them that the holy ghost will make the difference that the holy ghost will help them yeah 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 hallelujah come on come on come on come on turn the stone away roll the stone away roll the stone away let jesus i said let jesus let jesus at the problem let jesus at your struggle yeah yeah come on you gotta decide i'm gonna get this thing out of the way so jesus can do the work
done the work. Somebody ought to shout right now like he's already done the work. Somebody ought to praise him right now just like he's done the work already. He's done it. He's done it.
worship. The sweet fragrance. Come on. The stench of bitterness is gone. The stench of all the things that people are dealing with is leaving the house. There's a sweet smell. A sweet fragrance of worship. Hallelujah.